0: Welcome to the Sisters of Industry, a weekly podcast where a shared bloodline combined with Divergent professional experiences set the stage for great conversation on doing work that matters. With Laura's global corporate experience and Jen's nonprofit startup experience, the Sisters will provide you with insights that can be used to help you lead and work better starting now. We're here to make you laugh, make you think, and make you more industrious in your professional and personal life. I'm Jen, and when I look at a wall, I see a challenge. And to put it mildly, I am fueled by
1: a challenge. I'm Laura, and when I see a wall, I see an opportunity to do some fun decorating, some color choices, funky, funny wall decor. We are talking about an actual wall, right? Nah, not so much. Today, we are going to just say it. Even the best leaders and problem solvers hit a wall sometimes. The ideas run dry, the insight is fleeting, the energy is down. So what's a guy or gal to do? Today, we're going to stare at the wall, assess it, and take it down. Get your wrecking balls ready and let's go. Jen, welcome back to the big, big mess we are trying to fix.
0: (laughs) What mess?
1: (laughs) There are no messes. Now listen, I already said in the intro, this is a reality check day. Not only have we acknowledged via the last episode and this series that there are in fact messes that we have to deal with, Mm -hmm. but today we're going to admit that as leaders, we sometimes hit a wall and that mess can get the better of us if we're not careful so we're going to really break down here we're going to start with re reviewing containing the mess mm-hmm. and then i want to kind of jump us right into what happens and what do we do when we hit that wall so first jen can you quickly recap for us what we covered in mess containment those three steps
0: yes really important number one cut the mess off at the source and so we gave several illustrations of water issues and so sometimes when you got to figure out the plumbing you got to turn off the water so you can sort it out when you're gonna if you're gonna deal with a mess first you have to stop where it's starting so it doesn't keep getting bigger and then the second piece was creating those boundaries to contain the pain, right? You can acknowledge a mess, and this is when we're not ignoring it, remember. So you can acknowledge a mess and then work as much as you can to build boundaries around that. If that's an organizational piece at work, make sure you're you're noticing for what it is and separating the departments so that you don't allow the mess to creep into other spaces. And then the third piece of containment is start somewhere right create a plan and work the plan but you have to get moving and one of the things we emphasized there laura and i think it's worth saying again is this isn't the moment to decide the perfect three-step strategy this is not a strategic thinking seminar this is a we have a mess and so you need a plan. And it may not be in retrospect, you know, that, hey, if we just started here, it would have gotten cleaner faster, but you do need to create a plan and start working it. And along the way, you can get a little more organized and efficient with the plan.
1: Thanks, Jen. So great summary. I'm going to go optimistic, Laura, for a second. So we have a mess. We have followed the three steps. So we have our mess contained. We've created boundaries and we're working the plan as opposed to in that analysis paralysis. But now we're going to hit a wall, which is a total bummer. Um, But it is a reality that oftentimes we start to work that plan. The messes may be controlled but not gone, and we hit a wall. We cannot get traction on further fixes. People aren't engaging right. Maybe we just don't have solution ideas, and we're struggling. This Mm -hmm. happens, and we need to be realistic about it. I have to tell you that today, as we talk about breaking down the wall, I have a mental image I cannot escape from my mind, and it is a total 1980s child image of the big Kool-Aid man (laughs) busting through the wall.
0: I can see it too.
1: (laughs) So I'm gonna call upon all of us to find our inner Kool-Aid dude. Did he have a name? I don't think he had a name but as I'm thinking about it I'm just
0: stuck on the thing of we watched him bust through the wall but the glass container never broke. Like the pitcher just never broke. Why Laura? This is not logical. But it was also a talking Kool-Aid pitcher. So no, yeah, we won't get. I feel up. like,
1: I feel like there's a really, really deep analytical thing we could do there that is too much for me. It's so we're much. just gonna, st- we're just gonna stick with get your inner Kool Aid. I think in today's terms we would call him Red Dye Five and Sugar Man. Seriously, much right? Like, I don't even know if they. I know they still make Kool Aid because I've seen it on the shelves, but I know that that would almost be controversial to have anymore. But um, which is really funny to think about because we grew up just fine. I don't have a sugar issue and a weight issue. So um, let's grab our inner Kool-Aid man, get me focused and break through the wall. And I think there's a couple things we need to do. One of them is get your humor about you, right? It's not on our official list, Jen, but as I listen to you laugh, knowing that you as a leader are standing in front of some walls right now, as I am using my inner Chandler Bing to make you laugh. I do think to myself that one of the things here we do need to do leaders is keep our humor about us. Do not get so caught up in the mess that you allow it to drag you and others down so unofficial add to how we're going to get through the wall keep your humor keep pointing to hope to use the more official phrase that jen and i like to go with on the official list of things we're going to do first we're going to stand on our heads (laughs) to get through the wall now i think this is a very artful thing the image of kool-aid man on his head going through the wall does not work but i think this is not literal obviously but one of the first things that we want to do when we are up against a wall is stand on our head that's of course a way of saying let's take a different perspective on the problem which Mm -hmm. could come in all different shapes and sizes it could be a literal change to how you're looking at the problem which might mean you pick up a problem solving group and you change conference rooms it could be that small and that, that literal, a different example I'll offer and I've been through some of these scenarios in the past if any of you know, um, the Kepner Trego problem solving style one of the things that Kepner Trego calls on you to do is to be inclusive and to bring in other groups to help you break through walls and to solve problems effectively. So who else can you engage to change your perspective on the problem? For example, if you are having an internal quality issue, bring in a customer who is impacted by that issue or would be impacted by that issue because their perspective can be overwhelmingly helpful in getting a different view on what is your real problem? How you might be able to solve it? Something that's effective for the market that wouldn't even occur to you. So many different ways you can take that new perspective and try to look at the problem differently. So standing on our heads, what do you think, Jen?
0: It's important and formally we think of this sometimes as a we've got to bring in a consultant and you know bring in that outside perspective. And yes, a lot of times that's good, but again, that usually falls more in a strategic realm Versus uh, we're in the middle of a mess and now we've hit the wall and even just going one seat over and inviting someone who doesn't have the immediate stake or the, the up to their elbows position that you have in that current mess can give you so much perspective and You know, it's even the old question of you only understand a room when you're in it. And so if you don't ask other people what it's like when you're not there, then you never fully understand. And so bringing someone else in and just asking the question, what am I not seeing? Or talk me through what this looks like from your seat.
1: It really is so very important. One of my favorite places that I see this played out is actually in the like R&D realm. When you watch people that work in product development, research and development, um, the smart guys that know chemical equations, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I always find fascinating is that when they find themselves with a difficulty or a challenge, A substitution is used what if we take this element and substitute it for that element what if we reverse the order at which we are adding these things to the beaker so to speak right Mm -hmm. those adjustments that change the perspective of what you're dealing with or even just that subtle switch that makes enough of a change that things start to click or you at least get new insight and Like I said, it comes in so many different shapes or sizes, but really when you've hit this wall, I know it seems intuitive, but it isn't. A lot of times we sit there staring at the wall and we allow ourselves to get frustrated instead of taking a moment to say, how can we look at this differently? Maybe you make a different type of list. You go to a different step of the action plan. I don't care what it is start standing on your head. And for those of you that are really coordinated, go ahead and just stand on your head and let the blood (laughs) rush to your head and all that good stuff, you know, it might do something for you. The beauty of home office is you could get away with doing that. People wouldn't know you were the psycho standing on your head in your office.
0: No, I love it. I've got a great image of you standing on your head in your home office, Laura.
1: Well, that would end in a hospital trip. So that's a whole other problem solving situation.
0: (laughs) No, I think this is good. And I think what this addresses is the first question when you've hit the wall as well, which is, is it me, right? Like, am I just missing something that's in front of me? But the second piece kind of goes a step beyond to the maybe it's not you and maybe you've run into a wall that your change of perspective isn't going to move like it's still there you've reached that impasse you've reached what feels like in that particular moment as the insurmountable problem Um, you don't have the right tool you don't you know it's just one of those things where there feels like there is nothing else you can do and so the second thing after trying the whole stand on your head and see if it's a perspective thing is sometimes you do need to pause. Now, this doesn't, this is not the opposite of the whole start encouragement we gave you last week and don't avoid, but sometimes you do have to pause. You need to walk away and go work on another issue for a little while. And this one I think is so critical because if we, if we run into the same wall too many times, we're only going to get a concussion. And sometimes the wall is very real and you have to walk away. Sometimes you even have to let some other things play out to see if the circumstances shift. But one of my big pieces here is anytime you reach that point where you truly need to walk away for a little bit, you need to set a time to come back when you leave it open ended The temptation is going to be to fall back into some of that stuff we talked last week about that either avoiding it or being tempted to work around the mess. This is not permission to give up on the mess and stop the cleaning process. It is, however, permission to walk away for a little bit and to do some other things knowing that you've hit a stopping point. Does that make sense, Laura? I, I, I really, I wanna walk that fine line of don't quit. This isn't quitting, we're gonna talk about that later, but there's a pause factor.
1: Yeah, listen, I think you said that very well, two clarifications that you made, right? When you pause work, that implies that you have already started work. Mm-hmm. So this is consistent with the principle we laid out last week, um, telling you to you know create the plan and get to work. Um, the, it is consistent. What we're saying is you've gotten to work, you've hit a wall, hit the pause and then be intentional not only about your return from the pause but also what you're going to do during the pause Um, i think that's also important during the pause it might be as simple as project team everybody needs to go home and have a good dinner get a good night's rest we're coming back after this in the morning Um, sometimes it looks like that sometimes it looks like hit the gym clear your head come back this afternoon sometimes it looks like we're going to wait a week to see the four actions we've put in place redefine the mess and then come back to this and say okay with these four things done this is now what's happening what's our next what's the appropriate next step but whatever you do you need that plan
0: yeah and the only other thing i'd say about that and i've shared this before because this lived on a post-it on the wall of my office for a very long time and now it's just ingrained and I threw away the post-it because mess and clutter Um, but I had a post-it for so long that was a Craig Groeschel quote that said do what you can do today so that tomorrow you can do what you couldn't do yesterday. And so it was just the reminder to me that sometimes I'm going to hit that wall and I'm going to have to walk away, but I can still do other productive things in that time. And then a lot of times there are things I'm going to be able to do tomorrow with that problem that simply weren't possible. And so it's just that encouragement. Do what you can do today so that tomorrow you can do
1: what you couldn't do yesterday. Pause. That is a beautiful tongue twister. Right? Yeah, <laughs> pause and come back. I'll tell you what. You it's so funny cuz what that actually just got me thinking about too. I so woke up an optimist today. This is very exciting. Ooh, That's the it. beauty of having a long to-do list sometimes is that you can say, "Hey, I need to pause on this. Let's go attack something else." I even apply that sometimes to a home improvement project, right? Hey, this particular project like i don't know putting a timer on your heat lamp that is not going well not proceeding well that one is bombing in my house right now so you know (laughs) put that project on timeout and go install the new mailbox some of you saw our instagram post that we lost a mailbox in a snowstorm before christmas did this week and it actually worked beautifully right like the beauty of the never-ending list is that you can go fruitfully use your time elsewhere and then come back to the challenge with a clearer head instead of letting frustration mount wow, maybe not amazing. always the perfect option uh, what I was that I'm I just sorry came up I didn't with an mean example? to cut you off but that no
0: that was really beautiful I feel like you made fruit punch kool-aid out of a long to-do list and I just I
1: wanted to applaud that moment thank you my optimism will be here all of the next two hours <laughs> Well, I then. don't know, man. I woke up on the right side of the bed this morning, apparently. Clearly we're doing morning recording today, guys. Maybe that's the key is it, that it's it morning recording. Difference. We're going to have yes, to put a poll yes. out
0: on our Instagram for different episodes. Do you think we
1: recorded this
0: in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Some of them, I think the answer will be evening post cocktails. <laughs> so, and I could pick which two episodes will come back with that in the pot in the uh, poll. All right, Jen, reining our morning optimism in. We've talked about standing on our heads. We've talked about pausing our work. And I think there's one more that is going to hurt, guys, so get ready. Number three for dealing with the wall is you got to get the pride put in the pocket. Mm-hmm. So many of us as leaders have so much pride in our ability to be the one to drive the breakthrough, to come up with the answers, whatever the cape may be. Case maybe, not cape. We all know how I feel about capes and heroes and pride. That was a total slippage there. Put the pride in your pocket, guys. This is not the time to worry about who's the man or who's the woman. This Mm -hmm. is about the time to say, let's just get it done with no pride in the equation.
0: And this one, we can't emphasize enough, and I can't own personally enough because it is. I see a wall, I want to get over it. When I can't, sometimes the more attempts that I've made, I dig in to the hole. Now I have to get over it to prove to myself and everybody else that I can get over it. And the very thing keeping you from getting over it is your pride. You're going to need someone to give you the leg up. And if you can't ask for it, you're just going to keep trying and falling back down. And at this point, I have the image of um, American Ninja Warrior and the wall a lot of times that they have to scale at the end. And you just picture the people that, you know, make those attempts and slide back down. Now, they don't have the advantage of someone to help them over, but that's really what you need. You need that stepping stool. And so put your pride in your pocket, get some help, get over the wall
1: jen i appreciate the putting the pride in the pocket i think it's a really great capstone to these things so let's just say it again we're up against a wall stand on your head get a new perspective pause work but not indefinitely and then put the pride in your pocket and as a closure to this i would like to evoke journey one of the great (laughs) bands that we all love i think it's really important that everybody just remembers that you don't stop believing um, <laughs> i will i will spare you the actual singing i know we don't have the rights to put the song in the podcast right now but i would encourage everybody don't stop believing and i'm being silly i am drinking the kool-aid of optimism this morning as we all know but i truly believe that one of the biggest things that you can do when you're standing there staring at the wall is rem- is not stop believing that you're capable that your team is capable problems can be solved even if it doesn't look like it in the moment it will happen keep the faith don't stop the work and with that we're going to pause and head into some real talk today in real talk we are going to actually evoke examples of hitting the wall that have been very public so jen i know that both you and i could talk Mm -hmm. about times both personally and professionally where we have hit walls Um, but i think what i'd like to do today is actually draw from the world around us a little bit and talk about some other people's experience with hitting a wall
0: Yes, which is helpful because, like you said, tons of examples of hitting walls. I think my entire 2017 was a series of collisions that I walked away with um, lots of, of headbanging issues and could tell those stories. But there's a story that I really love. And for some of you, it's going to be familiar. It's, it's one of those classic stories that gets told in business circles and other circles, because it is such a turnaround, but it's the story of Catherine Graham. Catherine Graham was the daughter of the person who owned the Washington Post, and as she she grew up in that world. And when she was um, when she became an adult, it was passed along sort of to her. But in an era where essentially that meant her husband took over. Um, the ownership and the running of the Washington Post. And at that time, the Washington Post was not what it is today. And for a while, things were going well. But then her husband ran into a very serious mental breakdown that did, in fact, end with his death. And suddenly, it landed in her hands. And when she inherited the Washington Post, it was a mess. I mean, it was it was absolutely a mess. They were not gaining any ground in the publication world. They were at the bottom of the totem pole. Her board was a mess. They were trying to become publicly owned and and get on the stock and like that wasn't happening. There were so many issues. And the reason I love her story is it's not the quick fix again we talk about the fact that you know your ego's got to get out of the way and you've got to be willing to not quit and you've got to be willing sometimes to even pause and walk away and Catherine Graham's story and it is a good one is really a decades-long process of continuing to show up Contain the mess where she could. She dealt with some of her board issues first so that those issues didn't leak into the other areas. And then she had some moments where she really did have to do some of the pushing through on the wall. And now I'm talking about the Pentagon Papers when Mm -hmm. her reporters uncovered those things and she was being threatened by the White House itself that they were going to shut this down and turn this down. And she pushed through what felt like an insurmountable wall, ended up winning the Pulitzer for that. And then at a point where the paper was still... Um, being traded so low she came alongside or really a young investor came alongside of her and everyone discouraged her from working with him but a young man by the name of Warren Buffett (laughs) became a so much irony right of hers and obviously they they were able to turn things around and make a difference and so I bring that story to the forefront just because it really hits those pieces of your pride has to get out of the way sometimes you've got to ask for help she she knew she needed help but she also knew that she was the person in charge and she had to deal with what was in front of her and she had to be willing to keep pushing but it wasn't overnight so that whole don't stop right this isn't going to be a quick fix you keep going and you keep showing up and so I think her story is just a really good real world real talk example of it was long it was painful but she stayed the course and she took a mess and turned it into a powerful force
1: great story jen thanks for sharing it for those that are interested i think if you're not a big reader um the movie the post 2017 maybe just a few years ago that movie was made where meryl streep plays the character and it's a really good chance to get a look at that particular story so i'd encourage you to look more into what katherine graham did um, and how she turned things around for the washington post it's a great story um, of getting through the wall thanks jen for the real talk (laughs) Laura, I loved
0: where we ended the first segment, not only with the journey, don't stop believing, but really with that pride piece and the fact that a lot of times walls become a space where our ego really comes into question because A, we've taken a blow to the ego simply by running into the wall And again sometimes they're our fault a lot of times they're not but either way we can be pretty hard on ourselves when we run into the walls and so our egos take a hit and then we take pride in being able to fix those things and it can be hard to deal with the fact that i'm in a tough spot and I don't know how to get out of it. And I think this is especially true, and I know a lot of people listening, um, you lead in different kinds of organizations. That's what Laura and I love about these conversations. We lead in very different organizations, but so many of these things, they, they cross disciplines to all of us and this is another quote and i know i've shared a few quotes today but ben horowitz who's a, an entrepreneur and investor he says the hard thing isn't setting a big hairy audacious goal the hard thing is laying people off when you miss the big goal the hard thing isn't dreaming big the hard thing is waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat when the dream turns into a nightmare and i think a lot of you no matter where you are resonate with these ideas of i'm in a mess started with a dream and a great idea. And now we're having to make really tough decisions. And so Laura, as we cap this episode today of what, how do we deal with the wall in the middle of this mess? Um, what are we going to do with that pride piece? And Laura, I'm going to ask you to go right back to one you already brought it up today, you've talked about it before, and it's taking off the cape.
1: Yeah, I Yeah, this one's huge, right? So pride does nothing but add bricks to the wall when all is said and done. Mm -hmm. And one of the first ways that you can really address this issue is doing what I always refer to as taking off the cape. If you're a new listener to the Sisters of Industry, um, you can go back to season one. We spent a large portion of an episode in that season talking about taking off the cape. And what I mean by that is reminding our listeners that it's not your job to be a superhero, Mm -hmm. it's your job to be a leader. And leaders do not have to solve every problem, and they can actually put their organization in an unhealthy situation if every time something goes awry, they put on the cape and just make the problem go away. So the first thing you can do to deal with pride and ego is to take off the cape and don't even enter the situation in superhero mode because that's gonna set you up for failure and it's going to put handcuffs on your team because you better believe that if you walk in playing superhero, folks notice it and it starts to inhibit what they're going to contribute to the problem solving or to containing the mess or whatever you're asking them to do. So I'm gonna start us right there in the first way to deal with pride is to take off the cape and not even let the pride come into the room and
0: i think the superhero imagery is huge because again you know uh, lots of superhero movies out there lots of us you know love those the adventure the fun my boys are at an age where i mean there's almost always episodes of the flash or green arrow and those kinds of things on our tv but the number of times even in those you know fantasy dramas that they come back around to this idea of we don't always need the superhero. We need the person. We need the person that has the faults, the failings, and everything else. We need someone with their feet on the ground and not always the person trying to fly through the air. And where that almost always leads in the storyline is to the fact that you need a team. Every superhero (laughs) has a team. And you have to let others in and, and let the team have room. I, again, some of the best heroes, I'm going to lose the superhero thing so we don't get stuck. Some, some of the greatest heroes are the ones who find ways to lift up other people and boost everyone's performance.
1: I think it's a really good point you got to get off the cape and then you got to let other people in and i'm going to take this actually right back to superhero don't hit me jed because i would encourage (laughs) listeners listen if some of those things are on your tv screens in the next couple of weeks pay attention to two things first in some of the early superhero movies particularly when they're focused on one hero one of the things you notice if you pay attention is that when the superhero arrives with all the gusto and i'm gonna save the day mode people stop Mm -hmm. what they're doing and they watched the superheroes swing into action. Let that sink in. Yeah. Everybody else stops and says, go superhero. And then you can watch an evolution, frankly, particularly in the Marvel series, in my opinion, right? You watch an evolution all the way to Endgame, right? And even if you haven't seen them, you can follow me, where the entire concept is, we all have to do this together. So I really would encourage you, I'm sorry to overplay the example, but I do think we all have to remember that with, along with taking off the cape is letting other people in. Because if you show up in th- with the gusto, other people are gonna say they've got it and they're gonna check out. And that is not going to end well with anybody. So put those two thoughts together on ways that you can help deal with this pride issue um, altogether.
0: I love that you lingered there, Laura, because I do now really see that picture of, you know the superhero shows up to fight the fire and all of the- everybody else is watching. And again, there's always going to be a moment where the superhero can't get there. And what you really want is to put everyone to action. That was really good. So thank you for stopping there. And the other one I'm going to offer that helps us get pride out of the way is that a lot of times those moments when you're in front of the wall, you can get frustrated that you can't get over it or you can seize the opportunity to learn a new skill. And I know that's not always the go-to because taking the time to learn a new skill doesn't feel like it fixes the immediate problem and, and deals with the mess, but it can be that opportunity, again, this is back to the pause, where you say, okay, I don't have what it takes to get over this wall. I am having to pause and walk away What's a new skill that I can work on and acquire that is going to be really significant? I'll give a quick illustration for me. Um, I've talked a lot about the fact that we're in a multi-year building process for our church. And several years ago in 2017, when I was running into so many walls, I had to learn a skill as a fundraiser. Ugh. Hard,
1: pass. Right? hard pass, hard pass, hard pass.
0: But if you work in any nonprofit, um, like your bottom line is this is a skill you have to have. And it's not one that a lot of us got into doing these things because we wanted to have to deal with that piece. I had to step back. I'm telling you, I found a new network to deal with this. I found a mentor who could hold me accountable to not trying to work around it and just pray the money to show up. Not that I'm against prayer, but at some point, you've got to do the work. And that was a skill set I needed to acquire to get over several walls along the way.
1: You've shocked me into silence because you said fundraising and networking in the same (laughs) sentence and I need some time with Jesus to just regroup now. <laughs> but I think it makes, I'm i am laughing, but wow, did you just make the point, right? Like learning that new skill, one, going back to our first section of today's podcast, learning a new skill is a way to help break the damn loose, right? It gives mm-hmm. you a new perspective. You can stand on your head now because you learned how to do it. Yeah. Um, and that is such a unique opportunity. And it's gonna, you know, and it's just something that can allow you to become a better leader in the future. Allow that opportunity to enter in. Again, pride takes a back seat when a learner comes to the table. And I think that's such a beautiful image to hold together. Write
0: that down. Think Quote the, it, y'all. Pride takes a back seat when a learner comes to the table. That was
1: well said. I'm gonna copyright that really quickly. <laughs> just give me a moment, everybody wait while I take care of that. <laughs> just kidding. So, um, But I will use that moment to switch to another one. And it's this, listen guys, none of this happens overnight. And I think this is another place where as leaders we need to be able to take a deep breath, no matter what role you're playing in a situation and allow, I'm gonna say it, grace to enter the situation and a realistic approach to enter the situation. It is very rare that you can solve a mess within a 12 to 24 hour period. These are often multi-day events and you cannot raise the expectation that you are going to just take care of this and go to bed tonight with everything fine and perfect. That's not how the world works. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to develop the intestinal fortitude. I love that phrase, it's disgusting and awesome. (laughs) You need to develop the intestinal fortitude that says, I'm gonna go to bed tonight without the perfect answer and I'm still gonna get sleep, and I'm still gonna come back tomorrow ready to keep working on breaking down the wall and dealing with the issue. And guess what, tomorrow I may work even better because I let myself acknowledge that and get that rest.
0: Exactly. And I really think that a lot of times we think that backbones are built with every wall that we conquer. And I would actually fix that or alter that slightly to say backbones are built with every moment that you really wanted to quit and could have quit and you didn't. And it wasn't that moment that got you over the wall, but it was the decision not to quit and to know that it might not get fixed today and it might not get fixed tomorrow. But if you keep working the problem, you are. Are going to get to a point where the mess today is not the mess that will always exist. And so I want to take us to a point, too, where I know we make a lot of book recommendations, but I want to throw one out there as we're talking about the ego as such a big thing that can get in the way. Um, as we're trying to face those walls, there is a book called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. It's one of those books that I think everyone should read and then probably reread every few years where he talks about how to be humble in our aspirations, gracious in our success, and resilient in our failures. And so let's just all commit to that idea that the walls are real. They're, they're almost predictable. And yet, we can't let pride be the thing that keeps us from figuring it out and getting over the wall. Well, today on Memory Lane, we're gonna go back into our childhood as we often do, and specifically a piece of Laura's childhood that, you know, walls are not always concrete, Laura. Sometimes they're made up of screens.
1: Okay. So this is so embarrassing. So I would just like to say that I expect (laughs) kindness and grace from all of our listeners as a result. So I have never literally hit a wall, at least to date. I am 40 something. I have not ever literally hit a brick wall. Um, However, I do have this great childhood story where I was at my aunt's house and kind of doing my thing and literally walked through a screen door, like the screen door on the the slider screen door, just like locked. (laughs) my mind and just walked right through that sucker, ripped her screen door right out of the back. Um, Which is ironic because that would have been in like maybe the early 90s before we even had a lot of these, you know, don't see them screen things that we have now. Like it was clearly there. Needless to say I had the like cuts on my nose which of course led the charge you know to prove it and had created damage at this in this situation so literally walking through a screen door um but here's one of my favorite parts about the story Our dad, who always had this way of turning things to an opportunity, particularly one, if he could use a marketing part of his brain that he didn't get to use enough professionally. Um, Step one, after I broke that screen door, taking responsibility, we went to the store and got what we needed to fix it, which meant getting the replacement screen and then also getting this like beading stuff you use to put the screen in, as well as a tool you use to put that beading into the groove around the screen. If you've ever done it, you know what I'm talking about. If not, just hang with me. There was an equipment purchase, right? We go back, dad and I learn, dad teaches me how to do this. He was probably learning on his own in retrospect as we were doing that. So we figure out how to do it. We put that screen back. It looks better than the original screen, fantastic. And we now own the tools. So here's the best part. Dad's like, you can start a business. He's like, lots of people need their screens fixed. You now have the tools let's do a business called Bug Be Gone, where all those people with ripped screens, their bugs are getting in. You can come in and replace their screen. So obviously, I did not become a multi cajillionaire with Bug Be Gone, or I would not be doing this podcast. I'd be at Disney World 24-7. However, I think it's a really funny story, right? Like walls come in all sorts of materials, and sometimes we literally break through them, and it leads to an unbelievable opportunity that you never saw coming. In this case, it was just a cute Little side gig for a while, but sometimes they're very big and very meaningful, particularly the bigger the wall gets. So bust through screens, fix it, and seize the opportunity. Woo
0: I love that, Laura, and I particularly think you deserve credit for the fact that you were able to walk through the screen. So that just speaks to your own strength as a child, that the the wall was in front of you and you went through it. And even though it didn't turn out great, you found a way to fix it. And it was actually a tool that I was able to make use of later in life I'm pretty sure it was you and dad who helped fix the screens that my dog ran through in our first house and so very useful skill all right everyone thanks for joining us today on memory lane
1: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Sisters of Industry. We hope this episode has made you laugh, made you think, and given you some good insight for your industrious life. Please take a moment to share us on Facebook and Instagram and to review and subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice.